Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nolcast. Bud, we will carry on with our position preview series and jump into the wide receivers and tight ends today and uh, then switch over to the opposite line of scrimmage uh, a little bit later on in the podcast. So for now, let's go ahead and take a look at a group that's uh, pretty young uh, overall but has some uh, experienced contributors and uh, some raw pieces of uh, talent that have maybe yet to emerge during their time on campus. But uh want to thank Louisiana Hot Sauce, as we do at the beginning of every podcast. Three simple ingredients, one fantastic product, and just look forward to being able to work with them for a third continuous year and uh, want to thank them, as always, for the uh, leadership they provide and uh, being able to uh, be a strong support of this podcast and instrumental in us being able to make the podcast uh, Closer to the product that we've always strived for over the years. Absolutely, man. Thank you, Louisiana Hot Sauce. Let's jump into this. So, uh, like we've been doing with all these team, with all these position previews, we're going to talk first about the new coaches. So, Dave Kelly, longtime college football coach, excellent recruiter, good coach as well, uh, is now coaching the receivers in this offense. He's also the recruiting coordinator. Uh, Dave is definitely a, a stickler for for details out there. I've got to watch him several days in a row now at the IMG Academy. Uh, And I think he's a pretty good teacher. He really cares that his kids understand what he's saying. Um, You know, I I watched him one day tell his receivers about how how he wanted them to do this type of release. And then he was asked some questions to ascertain whether the kids had had understood what he meant. And then uh, I think a couple of responses maybe weren't satisfactory. So he explained it a different way and, and made some kids go back and do it again to make sure that they, they kind of got that feel of, of how he wanted them to release off the line of scrimmage. Uh, Telly Lockett, obviously excellent recruiter out of Miami, is your new tight ends coach. And uh, you know, tight ends in this offense uh, w- will be involved. Maybe not quite as many multiple tight end sets like the old offense had, but they'll, be, uh, they'll, they'll still be around and, and there are a lot of tight ends now because the elimination of the fullback position has now caused those ex fullbacks to be lumped in uh, with the tight ends but we'll see how the, how the how the tight ends do this year as well I, I think it's important as a reminder to folks we've said this for a while this is a spread offense but it's a smash mouth offense this is a more physical offense than the old offense it is also a lot more of a running offense than the old offense. If you listen to the previous episode with the running backs, we talked about, you know, there might be 50-plus carries a game out of this group. Now, that doesn't leave a ton of passes. They will not throw the ball as much in this offense as they did under Jimbo Fisher. And just to, to illustrate this, Ingram, the last three seasons, do you want to guess how many times – Willie Taggart's offense have thrown the ball more than 35 times? Last three seasons, I'm going to guess twice. Good guess. Shoot. All right. How many times did Jimbo's offenses do it? I think this is a good illustration because remember, Willie Taggart's offenses run a lot more plays, right? So you would think Jimbo's offenses would do it less because they have you know a lot fewer plays to work with. But nine times they ran it more than 30 or they, they, they passed more than 35 times. Willie Taggart's offense just twice. And and the key to this is that Jimbo's offense controlled the football via the short pass. That's how, like, that's how they did their ball control stuff was via the short pass. In this offense, they control the ball with the smash mouth run game. This is a key difference in understanding these two offenses. 
spread does not equal soft. Back in the day when it was Mike Leach and Hal Mummy in Kentucky and those guys spreading it out and throwing it 60 times a game, yeah, you could definitely say spread is soft, but they're spread run teams and they're spread passing teams. And Florida State, under Taggart, is a spread run team. When they do throw the ball, they want to throw the ball to create big plays. You're not, you're not seeing a whole bunch of these just little six, eight-yard passes just to control the football. You're trying to create explosive plays via the run game. Almost all of their passes are passes off play action or with some type of run element or an RPO. You will not see this, this offense just take the ball, drop back, and go through a full progression very often. It's just not what they do. That's going to be a big-time change for, for viewers uh, at, at home and in Dope Campbell. So I just want to keep that in mind. Um, and we already talked about, remember a couple episodes ago, maybe a couple months ago, we talked about spitting on the sidelines? Absolutely. Yeah, I remember that article that you wrote, and uh, it stands out to me quite well. So for those of y'all who missed that, just Google spitting on the sidelines Florida State, and uh, you'll be able to see the article I wrote about Florida State's receiver alignments. But you will see them. Uh, they are very close to the sideline. In fact, if they fell over, they would touch the sideline. Uh, that's why spitting on the sidelines comes in. Now, specifically here, there's some things that, that are done with this. It does limit the amount of or the number of routes you can run, but that's okay because Florida State will take that trade off because of, of what it does to the defense. When you are that wide, you very much are isolated on the opposing cornerback. It's very difficult for the safety to get over there and help that corner unless he goes over there before the snap. And if he goes over there before the snap, well, then the quarterback's going to see that. That is a very simplified read for the QB. When Willie Tar- Taggart talks about lethal simplicity, that is one of the things in this offense that he is discussing. Uh, so you're going to see that a lot outside. Um, the other thing you're going to see that's very different here, there's far fewer route adjustments that, that they're going to make. right? We talked to Nyquan Murray about this on, I think, Tuesday or Wednesday at IMG. Under Jimbo's offense, it was extremely pro-style. It was very much... If the coverage does this, you do this. You will never see that fully eliminated from an offense. But in this offense, the guys who are asked to do that, generally it'll just be one guy per play, not three. And it'll generally be somebody who is capable of doing that, who has shown the ability. That is not something, from what I understand, that is going to keep people off the field at the other positions. So if you have a guy, I don't know, who's six five and runs really fast and you know shows the ability to catch the ball in practice. Uh, he's not going to sit on the sideline and catch no balls simply because he's unable to be like the greatest route adjustment guy in the world. Uh, they do have some guys to replace though this year. All right, bud. So uh, look, you don't necessarily have to be like a pro football fanatic or preseason uh, football connoisseur to realize that Auden Tate's just doing absurd things pretty much every day at camp and uh, looks to have a very, very legitimate chance of making his team after being what a seventh round pick. So uh, Tate was probably the, uh, let me see, the individual that brought you the highest of the highs when it comes to the wide receiver position last year. And uh, he will be sorely missed. And then uh, Ryan Izzo. Izzo had a really interesting career. There were times where he was a massive contributor and looked like he was a uh, I don't ever want to say he was going to surpass what O'Leary did here, but uh, he just had a very successful career 
but seemed to kind of stumble upon the realization of his ultimate potential uh, the longer he was on campus. So uh, maybe not the most dynamic player, but still somebody that was a, a very solid contributor and, you know, an adequate high level college football player that uh, that you're going to have to going to have to replace as well. So while the numbers departed aren't that large, uh, I think it is worth us noting that uh, two pretty significant individuals have uh, have departed the team just as far as a roster composition standpoint from uh, from last year. There, there's no doubt about it. Tate was was your best receiver last year by far, uh, but he was also hurt throughout the year. So I don't think you saw his full potential like you were now seeing in the NFL. So that's that's awesome. Alden's a great kid. So good for him on that. Uh, but we, we got a lot of guys coming back this year that I'm I'm really excited to see. I, I'm excited to see how Willie Taggart takes advantage of these guys. Uh, and I, I guess we'll we'll lead it off with with Nyquan Murray. You know, Nyquan is a what is he a senior this year? Gosh, I feel like he's been here a while. He's got to be a senior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, this is his last go, man. I mean, he hurt his knee in the spring, but he looks to be to be back to full go. At least from what we've seen and heard out of practice so far. The guy who is a very uh, very fluid route runner, guy who attacks the ball well in the air, and I think most importantly, a guy who now cares. When you would hear about guys with poor practice habits under the old regime, a lot of times it was Nyquan Murray, and there's this narrative out there: oh, look, they're you know, they're listening to music at practice and all this stuff. You know, I tell you what, I got out there, and they are they're listening to music, and that's okay. Most NFL teams do too. You know who was going hard? Real hard. Nyquan Murray. So maybe it's not so lax. Maybe guys are, are responding to that and, and practicing hard. I'm, I'm really excited to see what Nyquan does this year. I think he's a guy you can trust to run some of those routes that, that require a bit of route adjustment. Um, I, I think he's going to be one of the go-to guys, especially, and we don't know this yet, and, and I, I'm not buying into these narratives that are emerging out of practice just yet. I'm going to wait for the scrimmage and, and, and hear back from that. Uh, but, you know, if Francois is the, uh, the quarterback, then you can expect Nyquan to get a lot of targets because those guys are extremely tight uh, and, and have been so since, since youth ball. Nyquan Murray, I think, is going to have a chance uh, to, to play in the NFL as well if he has a, a, a good season, and I'm, I'm excited. Now, last year he had 72 targets. He is not going to get 72 targets in this offense. They just don't throw the ball that much. He's gonna, but I do think he'll have bigger plays, right? Like last year, he had only 604 yards. I mean, his his yards per target was 8.3. I think you're going to see a lot more guys in this offense with a yards per target number over 10. You know, last year Murray was 8.3, Tate was 8.7. I think Gavin was like 5.9. So that's going to go up, right? Your, your explosiveness and, and your efficiency numbers are definitely going to go up. And I'm excited about, about Nyquan Murray. You know, we we got to hope he stays healthy coming off the knee, but he looks to be ahead of schedule just based on how he's running around. And he told me he, he thought he was ahead of schedule. So I'm, I'm really excited about him. Nyquan's kind of just a great example of a kid who had like the highest of highs and the lowest of lows as far as what you'd get from him uh, from a play-to-play standpoint. Effort-wise, wasn't always there. Some of the Better plays that he made in his career were, you know, followed by some severe lack of effort. And uh, just I think what you're trying to get out of Murray is consistency and buy-in. Like you said, he's not going to get the ball thrown his way as many times, uh, but he is going to have a chance to hit large chunk plays. He's, he's going to have a, 
opportunity to be featured, and uh, it will be very interesting to see how he adjusts to maybe uh, less footballs, but uh, a little bit uh, of a better position to maximize the opportunity that he gets. And if he can stay uh, focused and, and locked in, uh, by all accounts, he's had a He's kind of taken to this new staff well, is bought in, and is uh, very much on the uh, on the edge of, of having a, a final significant uh, season here and and improving his stock as much as possible for Sunday. If you're going to say that Murray is kind of emblematic of some of the lack of consistency that existed in this offense, I'd love to hear your thoughts as far as what Tamori and Terry is, is emblematic of. I think it might have been uh, the reference that you made a couple minutes ago about a player who's particularly gifted but uh has yet to pass the uh you know the litmus test that was uh the Jimbo Fisher route tree you know full fluency and and as such we never really saw uh the talent that could be but uh, Tamori and Terry is very much on the prefaces it seems to having a breakout year and and may be uh your most important piece when you when you review this position come January of uh, 2019. Absolutely and you know, Ingram does it strike you that we're talking like this, and you know, Nyquan might really go from being guy who wouldn't give consistent effort, guy who nobody looked at as a leader, guy who uh, you couldn't count on, but would occasionally step up and make make big plays. To uh, like maybe your Mister Steady, your 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 go to like veteran presence in this receiving core. If that happens, that is really an indictment of the old staff, I I, I think. But the guy with, with the ceiling, the 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 dude with the superstar potential here is Tamari and Terry. Because Terry is a absolute beast. I mean, 6'4", 200, plays the football in the air uh, very well. Good long speed. I mean, you, you saw in the spring game that example of his elite, elite level long speed for his size when uh, Kalen LeBourne is, is running wide open. And who is this much taller guy just... <laughs> flying down the field to throw him a block and spring him. Oh, it's it's Batman. It, it, it's it's Tamari and Terry. And he passes him, right? Like, he's clearly going a lot faster than LeBourne is, and, and LeBourne's one of the faster players on the team. I don't know that, that Terry's a guy that's going to catch 40 or 50 balls for you, but I do think that, that he is going to be the guy with maybe the highest uh, of your consistent targets, probably your best outside receiver, this year, and, and, and a guy they really count on for explosive plays. And a, a, I think he's going to be a receiver that defenses are going to have to respect early on. We talked about, hey, there's this guy out wide. Does a safety have to move over and get him? I, I think in a lot of cases here, a lot of these teams' four-state plays, they are going to have to move that safety over to account for Tamari and Terry. Otherwise, they may be at risk of, of giving up a, a really big play. He should have been on the field somehow last year. Uh, there's that famous story of how when Willie Taggart got to the bowl game practice and he saw what what Terry was doing and he asked Odell Higgins, who is that? And uh, and, and Higgins said, oh, that, that's Tamari Terry. He's uh, He hasn't been playing. And Willie Taggart, I'm sure, looked at, looked at Odell like he had three heads, right? And, and just, how? Why? Well, they're going to use him now. I know – Recently in camp, he's been slowed with, I think, a, a, it was a calf injury, but I don't think that's going to be something that, that's going to really affect him uh, throughout the year, or at least it shouldn't. Uh, and just a guy with, with elite-level top-end potential, I, I believe. 
I mean, Terry's going to be absolutely uh, just a, a whole lot of fun to watch. And, and you're right, if that guy does have the the type of season that we think may be possible, I don't know that there will be any greater indictment or at least one that can be consumed at the national level. Like, you know, I, th- I think that may be the one that may resonate the most with with uh, people outside of this fan base as far as just uh, what the hell exactly was going on last year and how was uh, – how was an offensive staff seemingly unable to uh, to feature this guy's talents at all, particularly if you go back and and you think about some of the individuals that uh, that were involved in in some of our you know quote unquote shot plays or some uh, some of the long like passes we attempted to like walk ons like walk ons who look like you and me absolutely yeah, yeah. that's uh, when 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 you guys looking like Bud and Ingram running deep, uh, then, yeah, you've, you've got some some questions that can be asked. So uh, from Terry to uh, another individual who had a, had a little bit of an emergence at the end of the year, uh, DJ Matthews, a guy that uh, I know a lot of the fan base was uh, clamoring to see on special teams. And uh, once he started to kind of get the ball at the end of the year, uh, reaffirmed some of his high school tape and high school potential. Battled a little bit of a back injury throughout this, uh, throughout the most recent practices. But uh, a guy who appears that uh, health won't be an issue come uh, Labor Day, and, and a guy that very much appears that uh, he'll be, you know, a, a prominent piece in your uh, three to four man immediate rotation at the position. Absolutely, I, I think he's a guy who, who you could see featured heavily. In the slot, if we think that, that Terry has one of the outside slot spots locked up, and, and, and I tend to believe that, well, then you, you could definitely see Nyquan in the slot, but also outside. I think Matthews is more of a pure slot guy. Uh, now, he's undersized in terms of, of weight. I mean, he's very skinny, but incredibly quick. I mean, just a, a super quick player. There are very few people on this schedule who can cover him in space. You want to create space and you want to utilize space. And Matthews in space, if he can stay healthy, uh, is absolutely going to be something to watch. And he's been slowed and practiced, like you said, but I'm really excited to see him. I'm also, I I like DJ because DJ really has good ball skills. He attacks the football for, for a slot guy. He's not one of these guys that the ball has to be perfect. Um, and he really does go and, and snatch it and attack it. I've, I've seen him go up and make good plays. I, I like DJ. I, I think he's going to be a very good player. At Florida State, you just got to hope he stays healthy. You know, back injuries are, are always a little bit scary, uh, but you, know, you could use him in the slot. He's going to be a guy that, that is going to force defenses to make choices. Are you going to try to play him with a linebacker? Because if so, I, I don't think that's going to go very well. Um, I know it doesn't go very well when Florida State tries it in practice because he, he embarrasses those guys. So most likely, I mean, look, I think other teams will have better linebackers than Florida State will, but still, I think Matthews is a, a really nice guy on some of those choice routes and, and where, where he just, you know, it's basically just a little option route with him on a backer or, or him on a strong safety. You got to like that. He's also a guy, you know, you can maybe run a little bit of your jet game with or, or some of your bubble game and, and, uh, and be pretty happy with those results. So I think he's a really nice uh, slot option to have, assuming he's healthy. All right, but next player we want to speak of is somebody that uh, all the potential in the world, certainly uh, a name that we've uh, mentioned throughout uh, for a couple of years now, Keith Gavin, a guy that's, uh, you know, looks like a six-year NFL vet when you see him in person, a guy that uh, at the end of his freshman year appeared as though he was going to uh, be the next big thing. 
at wide receiver and, and by all means still has the potential to uh, I think maybe some people have have started to uh, unfairly assume the worst maybe uh, when you don't immediately hear about him being one of the first or, or second or third receiving options but uh, Gavin remains you know physically gifted remains uh, with a physical composition that that most uh, wide receivers could only dream of and uh, I don't think it's appropriate to start closing the book on Keith Gavin at all and uh, this year will be be pretty telling as to what ultimately he uh, makes of his time at Florida State. Indeed. So, look, with, with Keith, like you said, physically, he's a freak. He, he, he looks like, like, I mean, gosh, he almost looks like a damn defensive end at times, just how, how, how thick he is. We know he can get open at times. Um, obviously, with the ball in his hands, he, he's, he's very difficult to stop. Um, now, what has Keith struggled with? A little bit with injury? A little bit, obviously, in the past with, with learning the offense – I, I was told, you know, all these guys have something to work on, right? Terry needs to work on his concentration some. He makes a lot of the tough catches. He, he needs to be more more consistent with catching the easy ones. Murray's got, got to stay healthy, uh, and he seems to have beaten the thing that, that he needed to work on, which was just sort of effort. Obviously, DJ has to work, make make sure he understands the offense fully, but, but I think things are going pretty well there. With Keith, he had a lot of things to work on. Uh, I've been told that his routes have improved a whole lot. That's been big. Now, the other thing that he really had to work on uh, was catching the ball in the air, right? Playing the ball. That element, I have not heard that that there's been a whole lot of improvement there yet, at least. The the ability to go up and actually use the body and, and block out a defender, catch the ball at its highest point. There are certain guys, when you put the ball up, they go up and they come down with it. And there are certain guys who just do not. And so far in his career, Keith has not been a guy who comes down with the football. Now, I like him with the ball in his hands. Getting the ball into his hands is is a little bit tougher. He doesn't seem to have that natural feel for you. That doesn't mean that he can't get it. Especially some bigger guys oftentimes take a little bit longer. And I think that's entirely possible with Keith that it could. But that's the one thing that really holds him back. Because the routes have improved. I'm not going to say he's, you know, he's not Marvin Harrison out there running routes, but I don't think he's as bad with, with, with the route running as he used to be. So I'm encouraged by that. I, I really hope that Keith is able to to put it together. Um, you know, and if he is, he's a guy who you know could be an early NFL or early entry to the draft type. We should probably stop here, by the way, and uh, give you our second message of the night, and that's uh, that we want to see y'all at the. Nolcast Bar Crawl. That's right. We have a Nolcast Bar Crawl, Ingram. When is it? It's the day before Labor Day. That'll be fun. Where is it? It's going to be at Madison Social, Township, and Central. So check this out. You guys know where those those are. Those are our sponsor restaurants in College Town, in Tallahassee. We know a lot of y'all are going to be in town Labor Day weekend. you got the Virginia Tech game on Monday night. You want to come see us Sunday, 2 to 4. That's Sunday, 2 to 4. That's check-in. Then what will we, will we be doing? We'll be bar crawling until about 7. Tickets are 20 bucks. Why do you have to buy a ticket? Well, this is kind of cool, too. With the ticket, you get some stuff. You get a proof Madison Social at Madison Social. You get a proof Mango Wit at Central. And you get a proof Warpath IPA. That's all proof brewing stuff. Great brewery. When you go to Township. And you get a special Nolcast 
koozie. Punning is bunning koozie. So I'm very excited to have that. Where do you go to get this? MadisonSocial.com slash game day dash bar dash crawl. That's MadisonSocial.com slash game day dash bar dash crawl. This is going to be a good time. I, I know we've already sold, what, over 100 of y'all are coming. We expect to have a couple hundred of y'all. It should be a really good time. We, we, we were able to do it once in the spring. This will be an even better time because it's more of a bar crawl. It's more of an extended event. They were so excited with, with the response that we had in spring that they, that they decided to to expand for us. Uh, great partnership we have with Madison Social and, and Township and, and, and the Four of the Table restaurant group. So so go check those out and, and make, make sure to get your tickets. And when you get your tickets, tweet at us. Let us know you've got them, and, and we'll be extremely excited. And uh, can't wait to throw a few back with you all. Can't wait. Can't wait to uh, meet some more of the listeners. Just had a great time in spring. Uh, we'll have an opportunity to watch the uh, Miami LSU game that comes on uh, later on that night. I've convinced myself, Bud, that I'm going to be thrilled with the outcome of that game regardless. Uh, if uh, Miami loses, well, Miami will have lost. And if Miami wins, I think I've just uh, decided I'm just going to start thinking about a particular offensive guard from Baton Rouge and how that uh, can only – only help us in in our pursuit. So I think I've uh, I think I found a a good place with with whatever that ultimate result might be from that game. Your zen on this game is is really impressive, Edgar. I like that a lot. Absolutely, absolutely. Look look forward to zenning out with uh, you and any of our uh, audience who make our way down there on Sunday, day before the Virginia Tech game. And uh, it's a great time in spring, and only look forward to uh, doing again here in. Uh, and what, 18 days, something like that? Rapidly, rapidly approaching. Yeah, man, 18 days. All right, uh, we have a lot more receivers to cover. George Campbell, we're going to go a little more quickly here now because these are the guys we don't expect to be the major contributors this year. George Campbell has blinding speed. He also had that, what, groin, hip, in core muscle injury that has sidelined him seemingly forever. He's been back at practice more. You know, early in his career, he had the issue with his hands. No idea if that's solved because, obviously, he's not really been able to stay on the field in order to show us whether it's still an issue or not. But, man, you know these guys knew who George Campbell was as a recruit because they were at USF. Taggart was at USF. I guarantee you he's extremely familiar with George Campbell. And, man, you got to think they're going to find a way to use this guy if he can stay healthy and catch the ball. Because if he can, he's one of the truly fastest guys on this team, so I'm, I'm pretty excited to uh, to see that. Then we got Treshawn Harrison. Ingram, I'm really excited about Treshawn Harrison. I think everybody that I, I speak with in Tallahassee is uh, pretty pretty excited about Treshawn Harrison, the guy that had a just had an idea that if there were any freshmen that had a chance to make an immediate impact at this particular position, uh, Harrison might be it. Now, my takeaway from the first week or so is that he he might not be the only one, uh, but Harrison has placed himself in uh in a really advantageous situation a guy that uh has already made some experienced defenders uh look kind of silly in open space and i think it's a uh, a name that nolcast listeners and those that follow the program will be uh fairly familiar with but a, a name that the broader college football audience may uh may come to to know pretty well in his freshman year uh harrison appears to be very much uh with the potential to to have a, a very meaningful freshman season. Now, look, I am not going to compare Treshawn Harrison to Percy Harvin. But the style of his game, just the style, could remind you some, because he's a bigger guy, 
who has a lot more first step quickness that it, it, the initial, like he's like, wow, like a lot of times bigger guys take a little while to reach their top speed. Treshawn seems to be at his top speed very quickly. That is pretty rare. There's a reason Willie Taggart wanted to go out and get Treshawn from Oregon. You know, he's a guy from Seattle. He's a guy they had in the fold in, in their staff at Oregon. This is going to be something to watch, man. I mean, he's really uh, maybe one of their most talented guys immediately. I expect – we've had a lot of questions, a lot, a lot of good ones. Hey, are they going to use the receivers in, in, in the run game and, and in the jet sweeps and that kind of stuff? Yes. You want to see a guy motion into the backfield and take a pitch? Treshawn Harrison is an excellent candidate to do that. He's a guy you're going to want to get the ball in his hands early on. I expect big things from him. Not necessarily big numbers year one, but I do expect big plays. I think Harrison's somebody that we'll be speaking of uh, pretty pretty routinely. And uh, a guy that, again, is going to be probably one of the, the banner members of, uh, of the class when we look back on it in time. Uh, but next kid is Ontario Wilson, uh, a guy out of a, a smaller, smaller kind of rural area in uh, Georgia, but uh, a guy that's maybe originally was thought to be more of a defensive back, but uh, has has made a move to wide receiver and uh, may not necessarily explode on the scene this year. But by all accounts, he's uh, he's done pretty well by himself uh, from the position change so far. Yeah, I expect him to be a, a reserve slot type guy this year and maybe have a greater role uh, next year once Nyquan Murray uh, goes on to the NFL. But um, obviously, Tamar and Terry's teammate from high school, pretty good athlete and, and a guy who's learning the position. And, and I, I think uh, I think he's got some value for you uh, down the road. All right. So Keyshawn Helton, this is a guy that uh, was not necessarily one of the banner members of last year's class, but a guy that has uh, emerged and has already had some pretty pretty positive reports from spring. So uh, five nine hundred and sixty five pounds or so, not a massive player. But uh, for a, a three-star recruit uh, from the Panhandle area, a guy that's uh, maybe played above his, his high school ranking so far, at least from the initial reports in practice. They are already happy with him. Like, you know, I've had guys in that staff tell me, hey, we may not take a receiver this year in this recruiting class. We, we think we hit a home run with last year's class. And I think part of that is, is Helton. Undersized guy, but extremely quick. Seems to have a really good feel for playing the position, has decent ball skills, also has been uh, one of the main punt returners so far in practice. Looks like this staff did a nice job scouting and, and, and trusting their eyes with him. Obviously, at the time, there was a lot of question. Wait, why do you want to take this guy? Did you have this guy in, in your camp? Um, but a lot of production at the high school level and seems to have a real immediate feel uh, for playing in this offense and another guy that, that you really like in space. So in time, I think he can be really good. And I, I believe he's one of the freshmen who's going to get to play this year, especially later on in games in, in blowouts. But we've uh, worked together for quite a long time now and been fortunate to do so. And I've always uh, thought of you positively. But I'll tell you what, if uh, Jordan Young starts running around doing some real crazy things, I may just in the back of my head be even be even more uh, more fond of, of one Bud Elliott. So, uh, kid, you kind of stumbled across in the recruiting process last year from uh, Metro Atlanta about 25 minutes uh, east of the city, but a guy who had a highlight tape that was just kind of fictitiously absurd and uh, a guy that's got the got the physical skill set to, to make a real impact in year one. 
Yeah, man. Not a guy who – you don't see guys like this come along very often who are basically unrated for the, the majority of their uh, of their time. And, and yet, uh, you know, man, just really, really excited to, uh, to to watch him. I mean, six foot three player, you know, really uh, – I mean, just – Was he a state champion in the hurdles? He yeah. just got a ridiculous skill set. And it's uh, – he played over in uh, Conyers, which is not – you know, not like some unknown area. It's not a an area that is a historical producer of elite talent by any means. But uh, the fact that this guy flew under the radar is still kind of kind of a surprise to me. No doubt, man. I, look, I I think Jordan's going to be a really good player. Now he's been slowed a little bit in, in camp with some injuries, so he's not been able to to really get the full benefit of camp. To me, he's more a little bit more of a long term projection guy. But his ability to play the ball in the air is really nice. I think his long speed is also really nice. And his film looks like a high four-star type kid. So that's very impressive. And and uh, we know it's against good competition. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what he does. He may be a guy, by the way, who uh, you, know, you could see play later in the year. With, with the new redshirt rule, a lot of times kids who may not have been able to play previously, now I, I think they might be able to play some I know his development's been slow by the injury, but but I do believe that he's a guy who will get on the field some this year. Jordan Young to uh, another kid that's pretty physically gifted, big, physical, large, true freshman wide receiver, kid out of Armwood High School that many people will remember, uh, Warren Thompson. Big, big kid. You look at him out there you're like, wow, that guy is huge. And I mean, legitimate height, big time frame as well. With Warren, it's just going to be learning the offense and also catching the ball. Uh, I, you know, I was told that, that he's done a really nice job on some catches, and then sometimes the concentration lapses have been there. We saw that a little bit in high school. I, I think that's something they can work on some. But if he gets that down, then they should be able to trust him enough to throw him out there some in-game situations. So another guy of that freshman class that I, I think that they are, are definitely excited about. All right, but final kid uh, we're looking at, is, at least for the wide receiver position, is a six foot, six foot one wide receiver prospect out of Daytona Beach, Demarcus Adams. Yeah, man, I'm excited about about Demarcus. Uh, really, really fast kid. This is a guy you want to get in open space and just let him go. Uh, the hands were, were a bit of an issue when, when we saw him in camp, but uh, I think the, he's been working on those. We know he has the ability to run routes, and I think he'll get a better feel for how to run routes. You know, part of that is just tempo, right? You want to run routes fast, but you also want to be able to lull the defense to sleep a little bit. So you may want to run a route at 80% for the first part of it and then turn it on to 100 so the defensive back really doesn't have a great feel for what your top end is there. So I'm, I'm definitely excited to see uh, to see what, what Adams can do in his offense. That, be, that might be another guy, by the way, on, on the jet sweep or bubble game who can do something for you because he really has some, some nice top end speed. You maybe could also see him with some kick return stuff. All right, bud. From uh, wide receiver, we'll move over to uh, the tight ends. Trey McKitty is uh, is easily the most prominent name when you look at this position. A former IMG product in his own right, uh, six foot four, two thirty or so, uh, maybe a little bit less than that. But a, a guy that the the general fan base has kind of been real excited to. Uh, to see his talents put on a on a place where he can succeed and and maybe you know one of the f- first guys that you, you thought of that might really be 
put in a place in this offense to to have an exceptional amount of success. Not necessarily in how many balls are going to get thrown his way, but uh, some of the mismatches that you can create, some of the uh, just situational matchups that can be dictated. Uh, Trey McKitty has uh, has the potential to have a a very real breakout season here, uh, at least in my personal opinion. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I I think Trey McKitty is a better athlete than he is football player right now. That's not a knock. I, I think he really is an excellent athlete. He has the ability to get open. Catching the ball, he's got to work on that a little bit in terms of just being consistent. Even in high school, he fought the ball a little bit. He, he was not always the most natural of pass catchers, but I, I think his ability to get open, especially in this offense, given how much space there is, and, and they'll be moving him around. He'll play some at your standard tight end. I know he'll be flexed out wide some. They'll have him some at that type of like sniffer type position in the backfield. You know, I'm really excited to see what they do with him. Now, the blocking also definitely needs some work. Um, this, this is a majority running offense, like we said, and, and he is not a good blocker yet. Now, it's not doesn't mean he's terrible, but he's definitely not a, not a good one yet. So that's going to be something he's going to have to continue to work on throughout the season. But right now, he is their best tight end option, I, I think, really by far. And uh, that, that's something we're going to be watching throughout throughout camp and, and throughout the seasons to see how his blocking goes. He's also a guy I think that you have the ability to send vertically, right? And a lot of tight ends just work in the underneath. But Trey is such a good athlete that I do believe you can send him down the field, which gives this offense just another option to be able to, to go down the field, threaten the defense, and, and put stress on those safeties. Because, you know, Ingram, the other thing coming at them safeties is, is a guy named Cam Akers shooting out of the backfield. So you got you, we were talking about this episode. All right, you got to worry about about Terry on the outside and and Nyquan and, and and do you go over there to help early or, or, or do you try to go late and can you get there on time? And then oh by the way, about fifty times a game this team is running the ball. Some of the passing stuff is just window dressing, but they they do it so that they can create explosive plays with it. And, and they the, the defense you can't just ignore the passing game if you're a defense facing this offense. So I, I think Trey will be a big part of it. It's just. You know, how well will he block and, and how will he consistently catch the ball? Because the athleticism and the ability to get open is, is no doubt there. McKitty is a, a guy that I think uh, just be fascinated to see. I think that's could be more emblematic of the type of player that this staff recruits. And uh, you bring up a great point as far as, uh, you know, all these guys, a very kind of symbiotic relationship for all these all these guys with a running game and, and how that will kind of create their opportunities. Uh, Nashir Upshur is the uh, next guy that we wanted to mention, a guy that's had a little bit of a rejuvenation with uh, the new staff, seems to have uh, very much kind of bought into what's being sold on. And and look, uh, I think he's had a good offseason, and I think he's positioned himself well to contribute. I don't know that that's necessarily going to mean – that he has a bunch of eye-popping snats when we look back at this year in review. But Upshur was a individual that was kind of, I don't know if he was like on his way out of the program, but he was certainly uh, on his way out of uh, of a real possibility to make any kind of significant contribution. And, and that appears to very much have changed course over the past six months or so. No doubt. Look, the old staff was not high on him. I mean, just I'll, I'll be flat out. They did, they did not think very highly of him. I don't know how highly he thought of them, and I don't know that his effort was was necessarily always super great in in, in the past because of, of his relationship with them. And obviously, like they did not do a very good job of working young players into the game, or really in in, in practice. And the kids knew it. But 
he's been rejuvenated, re- revitalized, just kind of re-energized. There we go. That's that's the word I'm looking for. Upshur likes to block. He's not an elite level athlete. He is but by Florida State standards, he's fine. He, he's not uh, not like like anywhere near Trey McKitty as an athlete. But he's a better better blocker than McKitty is. He's a tougher kid than, than McKitty is at, at least so far through camp. And and he really does have a uh, he likes to block. Like he's enthusiastic about it. And that, that's something that, that you're going to need at times this year as a second tight end. I don't see him catching a whole lot of passes, but uh, he, he does have a role on this team. At times, they will go to tight ends. I don't think that's going to be super frequent. Maybe some of the goal line stuff, but again, you want to create space. If your weakness is the offensive line, you don't want to draw a million people around your offensive line, right? You, you, you want to keep things spread out. But still, I think he has the opportunity to catch a couple passes this year and to be a uh, a value add piece as as a blocker. All right, bud. We'll we'll wrap this group up with kind of a blend of uh, young kids and former fullbacks, and got kind of a little bit of a mixed grab bag here, led by uh, Jonathan Vickers, a local prospect, has had uh, had some some moments to contribute so far in his career. Uh, it'd just be interesting to see how he's ultimately deployed in this offense if he does end up earning playing time and um, what they see is is the most appropriate role for him. Kind of a guy that is uh, somewhat left without a position in, in Taggart's, uh, Taggart's scheme. Uh, and at least it, it would appear from first look. Yeah, I mean, this offense doesn't use fullbacks. It's, it's, it, it, that is not a thing. That, that is not a, a thing they do. So... Yeah, now he's a tight end and, and probably not going to be a starter or a guy that's going to play all that much, but he will get a degree. You know, he wasn't bad as a fullback. I never thought he was an elite level fullback or an you know a, a pro type guy or a, excuse me, a future pro type player, but he wasn't terrible. So, you know, he provides good depth. Maybe they'll find a way to to use him. He's not a guy that I've heard a whole lot of like, hey, they're they're going to use you know, Jonathan Vickers uh prominently here, you know, but uh We'll see. Same thing with him and uh, and Gabe Neighbors. Gabe Neighbors is a former fullback as well, uh, moved. But Neighbors is, what, two classes younger than he is? So I, I think maybe there's more time for him to learn sort of that tight end H-back role in this offense uh, than, than Vickers has, obviously. Alex Marshall, tight end, uh, very much a tight end. Long, I don't want to say lanky, but just a little bit of a long, lean body kid out of the Northeast. Didn't necessarily play against the highest level of competition, but a guy that you may ultimately end up seeing uh, contribute. I don't know that that will necessarily be in the in the 2018 season. Yeah, uh, he's a guy who I did not have super high hopes for once uh, the new offense came in because he's a lot bigger than the offense or than the tight ends that, that Taggart typically uses. I mean, he's like six. Six ish, you know. Um, some people thought he could move to tackle. I, I don't believe that's going to happen at this point. Uh, but definitely a guy to watch. I, I'm kind of curious to see how they work him in. He, he's not a guy I've heard a whole lot about so far. Final player, bud, uh, to look at is is Cam McDonald. Yeah, Cam McDonald, freshman tight end, who, who they brought in from California, has actually done some things in in camp that uh, I suggest to me he's a little bit ahead of where I thought he would be. But uh, been an interesting guy to watch in the coming years. I, I think they like him. You know, I was not super high on him as a recruit. I didn't hate him, but you know, not a guy that I was like, all right, you got to go out and get this dude, and especially not from California. But may- maybe they, uh, maybe they found something there 
that they like. I, I think the one thing that I was told, I'm just trying to go over my head, the, the conversations I've had with guys on the staff is that his blocking is a little bit better than they thought it would be. So that that's encouraging to me because you do have to be able to block because this is a running offense. Most certainly is. All right, so that's kind of our uh, positional preview in the sense that we go over, give you an idea as to uh, our thoughts on every kid on the roster and, and what his potential contribution for the year might be. Bud, why don't we uh, kind of answer some questions that we've had submitted to us and then uh, can wrap up our wide receiver preview, wide receiver tight end preview. You want to save the uh, the confidence rating for the final final comment? Yeah, yeah, I I think we probably should. But first, we should tell our listeners about our third fabulous sponsor, Resolution Home Loans. Now, Egram, I have an update on our stats. You know, we have now done five loans through Resolution Home Loans. That's pretty cool, man. Five listeners out there getting loans with, with, with Resolution. More coming every day. Uh, that's really impressive to me because Chad and Shannon go out of their way to help Knowles get their loan. It, it's it's first class customer service all the way. We've even had people who didn't or weren't able to get one through them email us and say, "Hey, you know, I just want to let you know these guys really are great to work with." It, it didn't work out didn't work out for us to you know, to get this what we wanted, but they really were good to work with. They, they walked us through. They were very honest with us, straightforward. They, they didn't try to you know sell us a bunch of BS. And obviously, we've had now five people really excited to get their loans through Resolution. How do you get hooked up? How do you get that first-class customer service? It's easy. 844-FSU-LOAN. That's 844-FSU-LOAN. Give them a call. Chad or Shannon will work personally with you with that phone number. So very excited to have them back on board for another season. Absolutely. Great partners and uh, just people that we wholeheartedly endorse and uh, look forward to seeing up in Tallahassee and guys that are – Fully invested in, in one of the more prominent purchases you'll make uh, you'll make in your lifetime. So, uh, guys that you can trust, guys that we've had a great experience with, and uh, people that we very much look forward to working with uh, throughout the entirety of the season. Bud, our first question that we have as far as this position group is buy or sell. More guys currently on the roster get drafted than during Dossie's tenure. Dossie for this. Uh, particular question does get to count Tate as he uh, certainly should. Whew. Okay, that's a question. So Tate gives Dossie three. The question says more. It's not equal or more. So we need to find four who are very confident in, in, in order to uh, in order to, to buy this. I can, I can see a path to that, uh, definitely. Now, we are only including receivers, right? We're not including the tight ends here. That's I'm, – I'm fine with that. I – like, look, I can see a path for this for sure, but I know that attrition happens in college football and guys leave for various reasons and uh, sometimes they they pan out and there's non-football reasons that they don't pan out. Some guys are going to get injured. We just know that how, how that happens. I'm going to sell, and maybe I'll look really stupid doing so if, if all these guys stay in the program and develop because if they do, then, then I, I think it's probably a pretty easy buy, but you know, I'm just kind of trying to take the, the long look here so I'm going to sell. But if this said more or, or equal or more, then I would definitely buy because I, I think I can get to three pretty easy. Four is just you're a little more in wild card territory for me. Uh, I'll, I'll be the optimistic one here and buy this. I, I think uh, I can I can certainly see a situation where you have four, maybe even five, best case scenario. So granted, a lot of the 
numbers that I'm looking at are younger kids, and like you said, they've still got a, a long way to, to go to get there, but uh, I could I could very much see a situation where we're looking back and uh, are able to choose four, maybe five kids that uh, that were selected in uh, in the NFL draft at some point. So good question. It's still baffling in my mind that Dossie was here as long as he was and only had three kids drafted, but that's uh, going to be the case for as long as we want to look back at it. So I should probably go ahead and, g- and get comfortable with that stat. The, uh, the next one, bud, would be what would you say the biggest challenge is for the wide receivers adjusting to Taggart's offense from Jimbo's uh, aside from, from the issue of tempo? Well, I, I think there's going to be a couple things. Number one, concentration because there's going to be fewer balls thrown in this offense, especially on a percentage basis, than the other one. So kind of like like uh, like an infielder in baseball, when, when the pitcher's striking a lot of guys out, you may go five, six plays in a row without there, there being a pass throw. Are you going to be ready when that, when that pass comes to you? I, I think concentration is, is going to be a big one. They're also going to have to have greater focus on technique. We know that, that they don't have to do quite as many route adjustments, so there, there's, there's less focus now on – the intricate details of the play, but there's more focus on how are you catching the ball? How is your, how is your release? How are your steps? That kind of stuff. Um, but a lot of it's going to be, I think, being ready when your number is called. I, I don't want to make this sound like this new offense is tougher to play in than the old one. It's, it's, it's not. I, I think it's actually easier. It's a more college offense uh, to, to play in. But those are, are some of the things that I would think are going to be important. Similar to your answer, slightly different. I, I think it's, uh, I think it's just are guys going to be okay with how how few balls they relatively get thrown their way, and and are they able to to stay uh, mentally bought in and and realize that uh, you know they may not have as many uh, passes thrown their way, but they may have the opportunity to uh, to make bigger plays and more explosive plays with that of which uh, when they do get the opportunity, I think it's. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting. Wide receivers in general, they you know they want the ball in their hands and they want to uh, to be thrown to. And uh, I don't you know it's just going to be an adjustment. So it'll be it'll be very interesting for me to watch how some of these guys adjust to that and if they uh, stay kind of mentally uh, mentally focused, locked in, and and are able to make the most out of the situations that they do have. Uh, and you know what, I, I think they will because of the competition that they have at this position. Right. If you lose focus, there's a good chance they will put somebody else in. Can't have that. And also blocking. Got to be willing. Got to be willing to block uh, for sure. Because they're going to be running the ball a lot. Uh, Ingram over under for the freshman receivers combined: 45 receptions, 600 yards, five touchdowns. And I got to say off the bat, I think this is a really good number. I didn't write down the name of the guy who sent this in, but this is a uh, this is a pretty sharp number. This is good. Always tell when you have a good number when when you're kind of hesitant to lean one way or another when you first look at it and and you don't kind of get an initial initial implication. Okay, so if I can parse it out, I will take the under on receptions, the over on yards, and the over on uh, touchdowns. I will go uh, with the. I will do the exact same, except yeah, you know I'm going to do the exact same. Under on receptions, but over on the yards and touchdowns. Barely, though. I don't think they're going to be like in the 1,000-yard range or anything. Love to be off by that much and would love to see what, what freshman would be involved in in such production. Uh, but how likely do you all think it is that some of our faster receivers are utilized in the run game, i.e. jet sweeps and motion? 
Uh, extremely likely. So 100% yeah, likely yeah. is, is like, yeah, that, going that is to happen. going to happen. We, we've, yeah, we've already seen it happen even in the practice plays that they let us watch. So, uh, yeah, very, very likely that that happens. Will David Kelly wear full-out sweats during the games? That I'm not sure about, but uh, I've known Dave for a while, and Dave has always worn that full, old-school, like, 80s-style sweatsuit. Reminds me of uh, the way a lot of my wrestling teammates looked when we go to practice. Yeah, he just looks suited up and looks like he's trying to shed maybe seven or eight pounds of liquid weight uh, during the course of practice. Now, look, there are some people who work outside who will tell you that that going you know, with, with that kind of thing actually keeps you cooler after a while. I'm kind of one of those people. Now, I did not do the full sweatsuit when, when I'm out there at, at these all-star camps and whatnot, but you know, there's there's days where I'm out of the Nike event where I, I get there at 7 a.m. and I don't leave till like 4, and I usually go hat uh, long sleeve fishing shirt and uh, like a, a pair of of pants. I mean, they're like you know nylon fishing pants. But I do think that there is an element of keeping the sun off you actually helps helps you stay a little bit cooler after a while. And then if you're just completely drenched, drenched in sweat anyway, maybe that does help keep you a little bit cool. Uh, in any case, you're going to be hot regardless of what you wear out there. And that's just Dave's style, man. He's done that for for forty years of coaching. Last one. Let, let's uh, let, let's end it on this question, and then we'll do our, our confidence meter. Um, where will FSU finish in the passing yards per game in conference games? Do you want some context for this? Yeah, that's a good uh, it's a good question, but uh, I'd love any kind of any kind of uh, additional context that you can provide. All right. Since the Gulf Coast offense was installed, which would be 2015 at USF, USF was 10th and 10th in the in the American Conference. What was Oregon last year? They were dead last, 12th. Now, look, at USF, Taggart did not have a good passing quarterback. And at Oregon, he only had a good passing quarterback for half of his games uh, because they had to play a true freshman who was definitely not ready in Braxton Burmeister once Justin Herbert went down with an injury. So that is a good indication there. Ingram, given that, man, I mean, 10th, 10th, and then dead last, uh, you know, third from last, third from last, dead last, I think that should clue people in into in just how much they're going to run the ball in this offense, uh, but maybe it won't. Where do you see the, this team finishing in conference games? I don't know that they'll necessarily be uh, dead last, but I would expect them to be probably at the higher end of the bottom third. At the higher end of the bottom third, so it's a fourteen-team league. So you're yeah, thinking so probably kinda, somewhere around nine, something somewhere in that area. That's right where I am too, actually. Yeah, I, I think nine makes a lot of sense. You know, there be some teams like obviously I think I think they will have more passing yards per game in conference than Georgia Tech because Georgia Tech runs and option. But uh, but there will be some some league games I think where they blow people out, which will help quite a bit, and uh, that that'll keep their passing yards down because they'll be running the ball a whole lot. And also, it's a running offense, so I'll, I'll go with ninth there. You want to end it on the uh, the confidence meter? Yes, the wildly popular confidence meter that we have uh, installed here. So, Bud, just for our new listeners, I will repeat. The general premise of this is how confident will this unit perform at a higher level than out of what we saw in the 2017 season? So I will. Uh, I'll let you go first this time. Well, we did this because I, I think uh, we, we realized in, in the comments section, there were some people who believe that every single unit on the team will be better this year. And I was like, what? Like, no, I, I, I don't think that's true at all. Like, there's going to be some units that are not as good as they were last year, even though they went seven and six. 
mainly because of the fact that I think you have better buy-in from these kids. I do think you have better coaching, particularly at at the uh, at the receiver spot. I don't know enough about Telly's ability to coach tight ends to to really say uh, one way or the other on that. And because the only guy you lost was Tate, and he was hurt for a lot of last year, I I do think that you are going to see better play. So I will go ahead and say. Yeah, I'm just going to – I think I bet 8.5 for uh, my first two, and, and maybe some of that's not even predicated on that particular unit, but others that would uh, they would have to rely on. But for this this particular group, I think uh, I think an 8.5. I mean, you've got to realize the, the loss of Tate and some of the plays that he made and just kind of the safety valve that he provided. And, and at the same time, Izzo kind of uh, – was the, was the same thing at times. So um, I, I don't think you can just dismiss what you're losing, but uh, I do think you'll have a better buy-in and a group that's uh, put in a better place to succeed overall. So, uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay with the, the comfortable eight and, a, eight and a half right now. Yeah, it, it's definitely not a 10. I was thinking about going seven, actually, because I, I do think Tate's a big loss. But the reason why I didn't, the reason why I went, I went eight, is because I, I like the depth here. Um, I, th- I do think this offense is an offense where freshmen can step in and play if you need them to uh, more readily than under Jimbo's. And, and I, I like your, you know, I, I like your four plus Harrison and and maybe plus Helton uh, like uh, ability to, to to go deep like that. So that's uh, that's why I went ahead and went eight due to the depth of the position. All right, bud. I think this has been a pretty comprehensive look at uh, at what's available at the wide receiver position and, and tight end. So I uh, hope people enjoy these. These are a, a great thing for us, kind of a, a final marker that uh, summer has come and, and we're on the uh, on the verge of seeing some real football. One issue we'll touch on real briefly, uh, and that was uh, the intro music that was previously on this podcast. We made a change in our producer about two months ago and uh, in that time have attempted to secure the use of the the intro music moving forward no such agreement has been made so for those of you guys that have asked we are not going to be able to feature that uh moving forward and uh we'll do our best to provide some type of intro uh we'll have something probably in the next three or four weeks not going to rush it but just want to note on that i'm not ignoring you guys if you've asked about it it's just been a process that's kind of played itself out and uh for better for worse uh, that will not be something that will be featured on the Nullcast moving forward. Five stars on iTunes, y'all.